up? What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? 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 You are listening to The Bounce. As always, folks, I am Jabari Anderson with my partner, L'Oreal. How you doing, L'Oreal, on the last day of March? Yeah, last day of March. I'm doing great. You know, Final Four. Yep. Uh, more NBA news. I'm excited. Yep. As always. Yep. <laughs> Oh, uh, yep. Yeah. And then and then it's going to be April 1st. And you know what April 1st is? It's Fool's Day. That it, means yes. I'll make you famous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. We are here for another one, folks. We got a lot of things to talk about in the NBA. So let's get started. So um, big news, big news, because last week we had the trade deadline and obviously the buyout that has been going on. A lot of things been popping and. You know what? We're going to start with the buyout because that was more interesting than the trade deadline for some reason. So we found out some big news that LaMarcus Aldridge has been signed to the Brooklyn Nets. He's going to Brooklyn Nets. And obviously, a lot of people had something to say about L.A. going to Brooklyn, about stacking the deck and everything and about what he means to this team. So, Laurie, I want to ask you this question. What does this signing of LaMarcus Aldridge means for the Nets? I mean, it does mean something to have a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge, who we know is a good rebounder, knows how to score, definitely knows how to um, play between the center and the power four, even like the number three spot. But let's be real here. Number one, I felt like he should have never went to the Nets, specifically for what the Nets needed. The Nets specifically needed a rim protector somebody that's a rebounder. Yeah, you know, he can score the points that he can, but can he also do the rebounds that he can? So in my opinion, you know, if the Lakers and Nets would have swapped what they did and Andre Drummond be on the Nets and LaMarcus Aldridge be on the Lakers, and I think that would kind of make a little bit more sense, specifically for what the Nets need. So that's I'm so glad you said that. And number two, come on, y'all. This is not a big deal. This is not make the Nets, like, the monsters of Space Jam. This is just another guy. Okay, they have a big body. So that I would say that is some kind to that's some kind of advantage. They have a big body. So in case in certain situations where they lack size, he is going to be important of that. But come on, this is not a monumental thing. This is just Lamarcus Aldridge, I guess, trying to get a ring or just trying to be on a championship caliber team, which makes sense because Nets, even though they are second in the East, they are one of the best teams in basketball because they are still explosive. They have been, they have won 13 of their last 14 games. 32 and 15. Yeah, exactly. the thir- 32 and 15, tied with the Philadelphia 76ers in the East. So they're close to getting that first spot. So, yes, like it will make sense for people to be upset, but come on, let's be real here. Like, is LaMarcus Aldridge really going to make an impact? No. Will he make some kind of impact? I think so, because I would say this. I have been seeing some improvements from Blake Griffin as far as when they need him to score, he will score. And um, last Friday, I actually went to the Pistons in the Nets game. And even though James Harden scored a quiet 44, Blake Griffin had 17 points. I mean, he was buying guys when he needed to. He shot a couple good threes. He was making the screens he needs to make. And that's exactly what I've been talking about that Blake Griffin needs to do for this team. 
just be there when other guys can't contribute. Or if a guy is giving you a chance to contribute, like Harden, then do it. And he's definitely been doing it. So I'm very impressed on what Blake Griffin is doing so far. I think LaMarcus is going to do the same thing. You know, if he can give you a good 20 points and he can contribute just as much as Harden is going to be. And Kyrie, I believe Kyrie will be back soon after um, his PTO time or whatever. But, but besides that, he'll be fine. Listen, he listen. Yeah, he just had a kid fine. coming out. He'll he'll be just fine. I, 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 everybody needs to chill on Kyrie. He's fine. He his kid just came. It's all good. All right. But as far as what this means for the Nets, it doesn't really mean anything. They just have another good player with some size that I think would be an advantage later on in the playoffs. But as far as you know, them being a super super team, it doesn't really change anything. All right, so here's what I would say. This signing right here means absolutely nothing, okay? It's like, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are like a billionaire where if they lost $100,000, they won't even notice because they they a billionaire right now. They will talk when they start losing millions of dollars, but they ain't, they ain't going to talk when they lose a couple thousand. And that's what LA is. And I kept on saying it time and time again. The, the Brooklyn Nets need a rim protector. They didn't need another score. To me, I didn't understand why they even got him in the first place. Like for me, if they would have gotten LaMarcus Aldridge instead of Blake Griffin and then added a JaVale McGee or Andre Drummond, to me, that would have made more sense to me. Then I would understand, okay, you got that. Instead, you got two guys. You got Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge, who are both power forwards, who you're asked to be centers at times. And then you're asking them to play defense, which, I mean, I'm not going to say that LaMarcus Aldridge is a bad defender. He could hold his own, but I'm not going to be acting like, oh, he's this great rim protector or this guy is just spectacular when you need him to lock someone down. That's not LaMarcus Aldridge. That's that's never been him. You know what I'm saying? Never and, been that. And my thing about, about this whole thing is that Brooklyn just basically said, we don't care about defense. We're going to score, score, and score. They just let you know that. Because, I mean, that's basically what they they give it to you. They're saying, can you can you outscore us? Defense, it'll come and go. But can you outscore us with the offensive weapons that we have? That's basically what they're saying. And and I'm just saying as a whole that for me, they should have gotten a defender at best, a defender. But at the end of the day, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, first of all, let, let's look at Brooklyn. What is their best defensive lineup? Their best defensive lineup is TLC, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, um, who um who's that other guy? Uh Nick uh Clanston or something like that. Yeah, Nick Clanston, and then DeAndre Jordan at best, if you want to put him there. That's their best. But who's gonna be playing the majority of the game? Not those guys. So I just don't understand, and the fit just didn't come. Right for me. So getting LaMarcus Aldridge, it was like, okay, we're just going to throw up some coins. And the fact that LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, they came and look, they got to listen. They got what? How much money did they get for Brooklyn? I mean, what, a few million or something like that? So I, I don't I don't understand this. But I mean, look, it is what it is. Um, I really thought to myself that LaMarcus Aldridge was going to go to the Miami Heat. I really did. I really thought he was going to Miami. He, I thought he could have been good for that team. He could have went to Boston. He could have went to the Phoenix. But Brooklyn, I, I'm not going to lie. I just feel like that he wasn't needed. And that's and that's my issue with that. And because of that, I mean, like I said, P- 
people has has considered this team a super team, which I, I would definitely say Brooklyn's a super team. Are super teams good for the league? Yes, they are, because we can even go back to, like, the Miami Heat when LeBron was there. What, you know, do people consider them as a super team? Maybe not necessarily. Oh, no, they, no, 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 no. Miami Heat was a super team. No, 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 no. And no way, no way. They never said that was a super team. That was a super team. What I'm saying is do we consider them a super team over the Warriors where the situations are not the same? That's what I'm saying. Most people won't consider them to be a super team because of the situation. But in my opinion, they was because my thing is a super team is whether whether a superstar goes to a team that's already been a good team or whether you recruit. It's a super team regardless. So in my opinion, the Miami Heat is the greatest example of a super team. And I'm not going to jump too into it because we're going to go into the next topic. But, I mean, they pretty much was the standard of the super teams we see now. It was like the Warriors and stuff. Because when you think about a super team and when you just think about the whole idea of basketball and when you just think about the narrative within the past 10 years, what has been the narrative to beat blank blank? The narrative for the past 10 years has been to beat LeBron James, no matter what team he's been on, whether it be the Heat. Well, we're going to talk about that later. Or now the Lakers. Yeah. So, yeah, super teams are a good thing because it brings that sense of competition. I mean, honestly, I can't really imagine seeing a league, at least for a good period of time where you didn't have a super team because that's, that's pretty much everybody's source of competition. Yeah, you know, the entire league, you got to go against these teams every single night. But essentially, the bigger picture is a championship. And when you look at the narrative of trying to get a championship, super teams are going to be a part of that narrative because they're going to be the one thing, the kryptonite, standing in somebody's way. And, you know, you and, and basically, you got to be able to tackle that. So the fact that people don't like super teams, I don't know, it just... The biggest thing with me with super teams is keep the same energy. If you wasn't upset about the Miami Heat being the Miami Heat because LeBron's the superior or, or whatever it is, don't be upset about the Warriors being a super team or even the Nets. Because newsflash, the Nets are a super team, but people making it seem like they're ruining the NBA. I'm like, they're not. They literally built this team from scratch. KD and Kyrie volunteered to come to Brooklyn because of whatever their motives were and to simply create a championship team. And if I look at somebody like a KD and how people are, were so upset about how he went to a team that won 73 games, why are you upset now? Because he's trying to do what you always wanted him to do, actually create a team of his own and to try to win. Because well, let's just keep it real. Kevin Durant is not like a LeBron James, and I think people need to accept that. Kevin Durant is not going to be a LeBron James where he is like the sole person to build a team around or like he has to win solely by himself. Because guess what? LeBron James doesn't solely win by himself. He had to go to Miami to team up with a Dwayne Way and the Chris Bosh to actually get a ring, which is completely understandable because he has tried to win those seven years in Cleveland. But I think people really don't think about that when it comes to LeBron James, when they talk about you know, KD being a snake or KD can't do it by himself. LeBron couldn't do it by himself. But it was understandable because at the time, LeBron was much younger. And now that he had that experience, he can actually do that. KD, as talented as he is, 
realistically, he probably wasn't going to be that guy who could solely lead a team to the championship. I mean, he did lead the team to a finals, but he was really, really young. I think he only been a part of OKC for about three to four years once he did that. So when it comes to this super team mess, just keep the same energy. If you wasn't upset about Miami being a super team or even we can go back to the Lakers when they went back to back, they was considered a super team. If you're not upset about those teams, which which Laker team? Upset. Which Laker team was a? Well, I I could tell you the 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 who was a super team. Which Laker team would you consider a super team that won back to back? Um, believe ninety nine two thousand. Ninety nine two thousand. You talk you talk about the Kobe with Kobe and Shaq. Yeah. How that super team? I mean, they had Robert Horry. They had a lot of other guys. They were really, really, really that was a super team. team. Really, really, Shaq and Kobe. Who 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 else was on? Who else? Was a top twenty-five player on that team that you would consider that, like a super, t- like I mean, well, I'll, I'll I'll bring about super teams. First of all, let let me let me put it this way: super teams are great for fantasy basketball. They're great when they're in big markets because because it only happens in big markets and for media because yes. that, because that's all they're gonna talk about on a regular basis. Let me ask you a question: Name me a time when there was a super team in in Utah. Never. Never. When was the t- okay? When when was the time when there was a super team in New Orleans? Never. Okay, th- that's and that's my point that I'm saying. All these super teams happen in big markets. Okay, yes. they all happen because they do it in in the Bay Area, which is one of the largest markets in this country. Same thing in Miami, which is also the 16th largest in this nation as a whole. Yes. So if so in in New York, well we all know New York is the largest market over there. And the same thing when it goes to LA. The Lakers did have and I do agree on on that part about that, but but Kobe and Shaq, I mean now Carmelo and, and Gary Payne, yeah, but th- before then I would not I would not say that. The thing is is that all these super I mean all these super teams have always been beneficial for big markets. They have never been beneficial to towards small markets. And so because of that, I don't think that, I'll be honest, I don't think that it is necessarily good for the league. I think that, you know, when you see people that try to stack the deck, I mean, I feel like you got to find a way how to, how to balance everything. And I feel like the competition is there. I've just felt like that the fact that we're in a situation once again where people are saying, not me, but mostly people are saying, oh, my God, here we go again. It's going to be this team versus this team. And it's a foregone conclusion. And I don't like that. I don't like that narrative of being a foregone conclusion because I, 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 I'm, I'm legit tired of that. I got tired of years ago when it was Cleveland and go to state for the last for the next for like four years. I was like, well, what was the point of even watching the finals? I mean, I, I got so tired. That that to me was not fun. At some point, the league, the lead is gonna have to do something. And I and and the competition needs to be there. Why do you think that, for example, why do you think that when the US when the US Congress has these hearings with Facebook, with Google, with Amazon, why do you think they talk to them? Because they kept on eliminating competition and they kept on acquiring this. Facebook say, we're going to acquire Instagram, WhatsApp, Amazon, like, hey, we're going to uh, acquire this. I, I forgot which one because I'm so focused on other things. Um, who else? I, Google was like, what did Google say? Yeah, Google said, we're going to conquer 
YouTube. And I know what YouTube was like before Google captured that. So we look at all these things and they're like, look, you're trying to eliminate competition. What's wrong with y'all? We're trying to balance everything. So I'm just saying that we I mean, need the to... competition was already eliminated when you had KD, Kyrie, and Harden. So what, what difference does it make? It's just what my thing is specifically when it comes to Brooklyn, when you look at like Blake Griffin and Marcus Aldridge, they way past their prime. They way past their prime. So to get upset about that, it's like, were you guys upset when James Harden came in there? Like, that's what I don't get because it don't. Well, I would say I this. I would say I don't get it. Blake. Well, Blake Griffin. Let me <laughs> let me just say this about Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin came from a bad team, and then he goes yes. to Brooklyn, which I I already told you. I said that Blake Griffin could have went to a couple other good teams where I feel like he could have been good for that team. That's how I feel because I feel like he wasn't needed in Brooklyn. Like he didn't he didn't need to be there. At all. Like I feel like what was the point? Because what he was giving to you was not going to be there. And that was his his defense is not all that. So, and that's the thing that for Lamarcus Lamarcus Aldridge legit basically left a good team in San Antonio to go to Brooklyn. I felt like like I said beforehand, he could have went to other good teams, but instead he goes to goes to Brooklyn. So that is the whole point about that. Ain't nobody mad. Ain't nobody really mad about Blake Griffin like that because he went from a bad team to a good team and how how he is. But also, it's the expectations that come because now you're in the big market team again. Yeah. You're in the big market, so now we're gonna look at you different because that's what we're gonna look at Blake Griffin because you with Brooklyn. When does the CBA come? When does the collective bargain agreement come? 2024. Oh, trust me, they will be talking about this again. This this talk about how. People are building up these super teams, these player organ, yeah, these player created super teams. They will talk about this. It will be a conversation. It will be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, if they have super teams now until they talked about it, they should have just let Chris Paul go to LA because that's that was the first conversation that happened. They would not let him go to LA. Well, David Stern well, was owned, trying to build that team. Well, it, well, the NBA. Well, David Stern owned that that team. So, I mean, a lot of people bring that yeah. up, but David Stern was the one who owned that team. So, I, I want to let let that be very clear about that. And a lot of people want to be mad about how Kobe Bryant didn't have Chris Paul. That man got five rings, and we know what type of talent that he had. So, I ain't about to, be, I ain't about to complain about somebody who got five rings. And he wasn't no, going to be able to play with Chris Paul. And he stopped that nonsense. Yeah, just more so on Chris Paul's part and just this whole idea of not liking super teams. Yeah, like I said. So we're going so we to move on from this because we got a lot more to say because this is a follow-up right here. You know, it's very interesting because now everyone is bringing up the narratives once again how this Brooklyn team did all of that because they fear LeBron James. Or... They did all that to be a 36-year-old LeBron James, which is very interesting. They want to say this about, about how people fear LeBron James. And the fact that we see a super team that LeBron James possibly can face, I want to say this. Do you feel sorry for LeBron James that another super team has been created on his watch? No, I don't. I don't feel bad. The only thing I feel bad about LeBron is the fact that he might not have a chance to get another championship. That's about it. I don't feel bad about LeBron James for another super team because like we just talked about, like 
this super team culture was created because of him. Yes, absolutely. Because with the Miami thing, I never had an issue with him going to Miami. I just thought it was really extra to do this whole, you know, decision, broadcasting, all this BS. Like, dude, just say you're going to Miami. But it's LeBron James, so I understand with a talent and especially during that time when he was really, really, really in his prime, it was kind of necessary. So I'm not too mad about it now, but I still thought it was petty. But the bigger issue is, or the bigger question is, no, I don't feel bad for LeBron James because he essentially started this. Like, that's why I believe that was one of the reasons why KD joined the Warriors. Because remember those past couple years where KD always had this mindset that he was the number two guy and he was always trying to be the number one guy. And he was tired of being second. Yes. He he was tired of being second. He had a chance to be number one. But at the time when he went against LeBron in the finals, he was just too young. The team didn't have much experience, but they still gave it their all. And, you know, you got to give credit for that. But, yeah, I think that's probably was the moment when, you know, Kevin Durant was like, dang, like, you know, am I always going to be the – the number two guy, can I possibly be the number one guy? And then, you know, over the years with Westbrook and Durant, it just, to me, it just didn't work out. You know, I feel like both guys had blame. Westbrook had some kind of blame just because of his attitude mindset as far as, you know, can, can you keep that mindset if you're trying to get a championship? And then, you know, Kevin Durant and the times where he deferred or he didn't step up the way he needed yeah, to. Yeah, but, but, but LeBron like, James... Yeah, but with um, but with LeBron James, I just I don't feel sorry for him because I feel like he started it, and what's happening now was because of what he started. So I'm not gonna feel bad for somebody where like you kind of created this culture, because you know he literally, and that's the crazy part when it comes to me and LeBron and like, or just with LeBron in general, how people always say, oh, you know, LeBron don't have this, he don't have that. He uh, literally recruits every person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, 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 what's what they, what's what they, what's, wait, wait, what they say? They say, they say everybody is stacking up to beat LeBron James. No, no, no. Since 2010, every team has been created to beat LeBron James. Yep, that was, that was the, that was the narrative. Yeah. Well, what do you think about that narrative, though, that people can say they, they create all these teams just so they could beat LeBron James? I just think it's BS because think about it. Like, why would think about it? Why would these teams create? Why would these teams be created to be LeBron James? Because of him. And that's what I said about the whole competition thing. And I don't think he's doing it on purpose. I mean, he can do whatever he wants to do. That's his choice. But it just, I just, I don't know. I don't feel sorry for LeBron. I don't. I don't. This man is a three time champion or a four time champion, my bad. This man's a four-time. No, you got it right. He's a th- he's, no, you got it right. Yeah. He's a three-time champion. I don't count that bubble champ. No, I'll play with you. No, he's a four-time champion. No, <laughs> no he's a he, he. Yeah, he he got four rings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this man's a four-time champion. Every team that he's ever been on, as far as winning the ring, he has recruited these guys, or he has went to a team. He went to the Miami Heat because of Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. He wouldn't go to Miami Heat for no other reason. Um, and just, you know, and, and just reading and just watching a lot of stuff about like this narrative, people make a great point that a lot of these situations that LeBron's got himself into is because of the coach, 
because of the GMs and things like that. So in Miami, there was Pat Riley, Eris Poultra, um, with Cleveland. You know, at the time before he left, you know, he had issues with um, um, the GM there, but they worked things out and he was able to go back to Cleveland to fulfill his promise. But during that time when he was at Cleveland, he called all the shots. He wanted Tyron Lue to be his coach over David Blatt. You know, he wanted specific players to be on the team. And he did the same exact thing for the Lakers. He wanted, I don't know if he wanted Frank Vogel to be the coach, but definitely to make those kind of changes like that, LeBron has something to do with it. I just refuse to sit up there and act like LeBron didn't have nothing to do with having Frank Vogel on the team or getting Anthony Davis or recruiting anybody. Whoa, whoa, well, Brett, let's bring this up. Let's bring this up, L'Oreal. So in the summer of 2019, LeBron James was recruiting Kawhi Leonard. Now, L'Oreal, I believe this. If LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis was on the same team, would that be considered a super team? Absolutely. And oh. I think with super teams, I think just like with the MVP, there's need to be a more better definition. because Just because you have two superstars doesn't necessarily mean that you're a super team. I don't consider the Lakers to be well, the Lakers now to be a super team. Because, not right now. Yeah, not right now. Definitely not right now. No, no. So I just want to say, so let's also be very clear about this too. I remember when a few years ago, when LeBron James had a list of, there was a list of teams that he wanted to go. One of it was to go to State Warriors. And obviously everybody was, was raving. Everybody was going crazy. They were saying like, look, this better not be real about him going to go. The fact that he even considered go to state was, was, oh my God. If this man would have went to go to state with Steph, Katie, Clay, I would have been going crazy. I was already, I mean, I was texting folks. I said, no, no, hell no, hell no, no. He better not. So keep the same energy, like I always be saying. And, and so that would have happened. I really wish. If, if that really would have happened, then the energy should have been kept the way people talked about KD. Exactly. And then, and then, you know what? And, and, and hold on, hold on for me, hold on for me, because everybody, you know, all these LeBron fans want to come. So I just saw a report that said from ESPN, Brian Windhorse, Steph is eligible for a contract extension this summer, and LeBron started recruiting him all-star break. Yep. Oh, wait, 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 wait. LeBron James is trying to create a super team in LA. He's still doing that. He's still recruiting superstars. What would that sound like? Steph Curry, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Does that sound like a super team right there? Absolutely. Oh, that's my point. I do not feel bad for LeBron James. Oh, if you've been doing this for over a decade, you know, you got to do what you got to do, but he, I don't feel bad about, I don't feel bad about it. He started this player movement. He started this player creating super teams. He started this. He started this. All these free agents are saying, hey, let you know what? Let's come together. Let's build this super team. He started that. He started that. And, I, and you know what? And we're going to have to break this LeBron James narrative about Oh, everybody leaves a certain conference because they don't want to face LeBron James in in the actual conference that he's in. Or everybody say, "Oh yeah, these teams stack deck." So let's let's bring this up. 
did the Dallas Mavericks design their team to be, to beat LeBron James in 2011? No, 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 no. no. They they said, "Hey, LeBron, we're gonna put some heat in your chest, and then you're gonna choke in 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 uh, 2011 NBA Finals. That's what we're gonna do." Did hold on? Did did the San Antonio Spurs in 2014 was that team designed to beat LeBron James? No, hell no. It no, was that, built. Yeah, hell, yeah, yeah. You're right. It was. Built. <laughs> Uh, that's what I'm saying. They they said we saw what you did in two, 2013. We're gonna put some heat in your chest and we're gonna beat you in five games. That's what it was. Exactly. They were 2015 go to say Warriors before they got KD. Nobody will say that they were designed to beat LeBron James. I mean, come on. This 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 is just straight up not this is just straight up nonsense. And then they even said that the Boston Celtics with KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen, they said they were designed to beat LeBron. First of all. That is so far from the truth because before LeBron James even got the, got Cleveland to the finals, that Boston team, okay, that Boston team, Danny Ainge was already designed to get uh, Kevin Garnett before that was even happening because Paul Pierce was getting tired of losing. He was getting tired of being a lottery team, you know, for what, two, three years. It felt like that his years were being wasted. Paul Pierce was about to leave until he started listening to Dan, uh, until Danny A started listening to Paul Pierce. Okay, that that's the reason why they got KG and Ray Allen in the first place. So let's be real. But and also, and also let's let's be very clear. LeBron James, who who started a super team in Miami, tried to do one in in Cleveland and LA. Yes. So yes. so hell no, we ain't gonna feel sorry for LeBron James. That a super team could possibly face him, or he could face a, a super team. No, no. The, you know, let me let me put it this way: for everybody who got a problem with who who, for everybody who has a problem with super teams, if you're a LeBron fan, Lakers fan, Warriors fan, Steph fan, uh, Cleveland fan, Miami Heat fan, if you all y'all right. <laughs> All y'all who, who talk about, about how the Brooklyn Nets are ruining the NBA. If y'all had if y'all fans of those, y'all had super teams. Guess what? Y'all not qualified. We don't want to hear you speak. None. None now whatsoever. Stop. I mean hear about nobody talk about stop. Talk about Brooklyn ruining the NBA. I'm telling you, Jabari, because if the Lakers will, I don't believe it anyway because of the injuries, but if Lakers don't make it to the finals or whatever, and they start making those narratives about, oh, LeBron didn't have no help. Like, no, he literally built this team by himself. Cause he got help. It. He got help. Think about it. Why would LeBron go to an already broken down team or a broken down young team in LA? Think about it. He drove all the young guys out. Uh, he, All of those young guys that was there, except for Kuzma, Lonzo, Randall, Russell, they all left. He got Why? the deepest because team. LeBron. Yes, he got the deepest team according to people's eyes. He got the deepest team. The deepest team. And he got Andre Drummond. So, <laughs> and you know, and, and I wasn't going to entertain this, but, you know, I heard people were saying that uh, that if LeBron James – beast this Nets team he would be the go hands down let me just let me just be very clear this is the same thing y'all said when KD was gonna go to go to state 
when Katie went to go to state, y'all said the same thing and then it didn't happen. So I just want to say this. That's if LeBron James gets to the finals again, coming out the West without a bubble being included. So I just want to let that be very clear. When he does that and he faced Brooklyn in the finals, then we can have that conversation about that, about whatever that I uh, I told you about if LeBron James does beat this team, this next team. But until that happens, we're going to act like it didn't happen. So, and let me just say this one last thing. If, if there's this narrative about us feeling bad about LeBron James for a super team, I'm sorry. Isn't he supposed to be the goal? Ghosts don't fear anything. None. So we, none. So why should we feel bad about LeBron James going against another super team? He's a goal. Well, if he if he really is a goal, he should have beat the Warriors with a KD if he did it without them. And that most definitely, if he is the goal, he should beat the Nets. But if he don't, and that's the thing too, like if he don't, we should definitely put that whole Jordan to um LeBron thing in rest because when it I was already at rest to me. Yeah, once Michael Jordan was getting his butt whooped by the Pistons, that man worked to make sure that would never happen again. Work. And guess what? It never happened again. So never. Never. Kind of. Until I see that kind of adversary from LeBron James, I don't want to hear nothing else about him. None. Sorry. And it really is the fans. I don't hate LeBron James. He's a class act. But it's the fans and the media and this whole BS narrative about, you know, teams kissing down LeBron James and stuff. Like, come on, bro. Because he's going to retire soon. So what else is we going to talk about once he retires? We going to still talk about LeBron James? I will hope not. We have too much talent in this NBA exactly. to be all on LeBron James' coattail. And I really mean this with all respect. But it just, I'm tired of it. It's the, it. it's the bronze sexual logic literally <laughs> yeah okay for real all right so mo- moving on to our next one because we go we go on the pattern right here so even though lebron james did get a lot of heat when he created a super team in miami the person afterwards got more heat than he did and that is kevin durant so kevin durant he hasn't been playing since february 13th and, you know, I don't know if you worry, L'Oreal, you know, he has been playing in a minute. You know, I told you about, you know, about coming back from Achilles injury. So obviously when KD comes back, we're going to see how things are. And a lot of people are looking at the fact that he now has this super team. He has a super team and we already talked about this and how that's going to be looking for him. And I want to read you something that I heard from somebody. So let me go ahead and read this to you. I'm going to read this. I'm, and so I'm going to read this to you. I'm, I'm not going to say his name, you know, but I will read this anonymous person. Kevin Durant is officially the weakest superstar I have ever seen. He went from riding the championship wave in Golden State to a legit all-star team in Brooklyn. The man could ride the bench on either team and still get to wear a ring at the end of the season. Tell me one team LeBron was on that could win without him. How about Bird or Magic or Jordan or Kobe? In my opinion, KD would never be among those greats, and it's not for a lack of talent. It is all about how he went about it. Just let you know, that was a LeBron uh, lover right there. Just let you know, that was a big LeBron fan who said that, and and when KD comes back, we don't know when he's going to come back. But when he comes back, if the Brooklyn Nets wins one, let's say they win one or two championships, 
would this hurt his legacy? Absolutely not, because that's the point. The point when it comes to people hating KD is go to a team, try to build your own team like LeBron's been doing my whole life and try to win. So, no, it, it won't hurt his legacy. There's only one condition that will hurt his legacy. And the only condition is that if the Nets win and he doesn't play, plain and simple, more so in the playoffs, because regular season about to end in, what, a month and a half, I am not worried at all about the Nets keeping their spot, maintaining their spot, or whatever they need to do to get home court advantage. I'm not worried about that. I'm only worried about if KD is going to come back. But I'm assuming and hearing from recent news, it just seemed like he just getting rest. So I'm assuming – and this is smart on Steve Nash part, especially being the coach. Sound like more than rest. It sounds like more than rest. It sounds like hey, that that hamstring look more like a Achilles. Well, well, we know it's an Achilles, not a hamstring. It's an Achilles. Um, so the guy that said that, yeah, like he does make he makes a point about KD's initial decision to go to the Warriors, and then I guess what is the legacy going to be after that. But come on, bro. He's hurt. He got an Achilles injury. Now, if he had some kind of like injury, like an ankle sprain or something, and he could come back, okay, that's understandable. But he has an Achilles injury. So there's only one condition to where it will hurt his legacy. And that and the only condition is that if this Achilles is really, you know, um detrimental and that he can't play in the playoffs and they win without him, then yeah. But best believe if KD plays in the playoffs and he gives and I think and, I, and people always seem to forget because yeah we are the NBA is based on um narrative but also based on analytics people seem to forget that those two times when he was in the finals with the Warriors he was the best player on that team averaging 30 10 and 10 nobody could stop KD even LeBron couldn't so best believe if KD is healthy in these playoffs when the Nets win the one or two championships Best believe he's going to do the same numbers he did before. He'll probably win two more finals MVPs, maybe one, because I do feel like Harden and Kyrie could get one of those. But best believe if he come back in the playoffs healthy and he puts up those numbers, it will not hurt his legacy because this is exactly what people have been begging him to do, to go to a team. He went to go to the Nets. He didn't have to go to the Nets. He could have stayed with the Warriors. But as we see time to time, especially with Steve Kerr's comments about – how he liked this season more than the other seasons. It was just a big chemistry. He liked issue. last season more than he did with the yeah. with Durant's final season. Exactly. And we see that it's more of a chemistry issue. So he probably wasn't gonna stay there that long. You know, he did what he had to do for the Warriors. He got his rings. He got out. He went to the Nets. He recruited Kyrie. He recruited, you know, DeAndre Jordan. The same thing that LeBron is doing. And now he's the weakest superstar ever because of he got an Achilles injury. I mean, you could say he's weak because of the decision he made, but it's it's been nearly five years, y'all. Get over it. The fact that Kevin Durant went to this team and the fact that the Warriors have been such tremendously better offensively because of him and what he done in the finals, I don't want to hear nothing about being the weakest superstar. Because I think being the weakest superstar, if he was really riding on the coattails of the Warriors, he would have been on that team and he would have been the third or fourth best player. And that could be possible. It could be possible. I mean, the, the way that, the way how that regular season looking for Brooklyn, I mean, shoot. 
people probably debated about who the best player on that team is. Regular season, exactly. not playoffs, regular season. Regular season. That's the thing. It's just the regular season. I feel like if he ain't going to play for the playoffs, then, yeah, there's time to push the panic button. But it's the regular season. He looks like he's just getting rest. I hope he can come back for the playoffs because best believe if KD come back to the playoffs healthy, I don't want to hear nothing about no weakest superstar unless he was really weak against whoever he go against in the finals and he couldn't get it done. That's going to be the ultimate test as far as that narrative. But I don't want to hear it. The man is injured. Thankfully, Brooklyn's doing well without him. And hopefully when he comes back, they will be unstoppable and they will win that they have. But I'm just tired of this. I'm really tired of this. I'm tired of this. It's been five years. Get over it. The man done what he had to do. He won his rings. He had his stats. He's still one of the best players in the league. Character-wise, could we question him? Absolutely. Because he, Oh, yeah. We, you know, we know what happened yes. on Twitter. We yes. Oh, yeah. We saw what happened, especially when he... uh. No, it was on Twitter. It was on Instagram with Michael Rappaport. Lord have mercy. What the heck is going on? Katie, what the heck is going on with you, man? Not even just the tweets, but just overall to be a guy with that kind of magnitude and just go to a team like that that has won without you and has 73 wins before and has, you know, three superstars already on the team. I can get that. But just for now, just be quiet. If that's the thing. The thing is, I'm still keeping my position. I still think the Nets will win the finals. I still think that KD will come back. And if he they win, they win the championship without with this with the super team. The super team. They a super team. So with that team they had, let's say they don't have Kevin Durant, they still win the championship without him. Yes, the legacy will hurt. Yes, his legacy will hurt. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying about that. But I'm saying, are they winning a championship? Are they still winning a championship? Like, how far you got them going? I got them to the finals. You got them, so, I got them so, to the finals. So, so, without KD, so, so, e- so even, so hold on. So even, so even without Kevin Ray, you still, don't, you still have them going to the finals, even without KD. Yeah, I do. That's, That's let, let, let me break this down. First of all, let, let's, let's break this down right here. We already know how great we, we already know how great a player Kevin Rand is. Kevin Durant is one of the 25 greatest players of all time, and that ain't nothing going to change. He can retire right now, and it's all good, all right? So let's put that out there. When it comes to the most skillful small forwards to ever play this game, KD probably number one. It's probably even him or Larry Bird but when it comes to skill, okay? So when you bring up about legacy with or without, if the Brooklyn Nets win one or two championships, it is going to hurt his legacy. Now, now, is it going to hurt his legacy as far as, like, are we going to look at him as one of the greats? Cool. But what's the one thing that we do as fans? You nitpick. We just don't look at how many titles you have, but how you win at the same time and who you beat at the same time. We look at those. So Because it's like this. Kevin Durant has two championships. So if he gets three or four or even five, that sounds like a player should be in the GOAT conversation, right? But yeah. nobody, no, I ain't heard nobody, probably maybe outside of Anthony Edwards, who, who even puts KD in the GOAT conversation. Ain't nobody, not a lot of people going to put him in the GOAT conversation. Even, even if he has more rings than LeBron James, people are not going to say that he's better than LeBron. When KD left Golden State, we were thinking, okay, he's going to Brooklyn. He's showing that he can lead a team to the to to the championship. 
He's he's showing that. That was what we were thinking. Now the fact that he brought that, I mean, obviously he got Ky- Kyrie was went with him. When James Harden came, it was like we were like, it, like it don't hurt your legacy, but it's like, but it's like, dang, like we feel like it would have been more like your ring, your rings or rings would have been more appreciated even more than go to state have you would have done it then then you got blake griffin and lamarcus all just come and it's like well damn man you stacking the deck and everything and here's the thing you not even playing right now it's like bro what the heck is going on and so but is that all on kd because last time i checked is it, we, we didn't we, hear about KD recruiting these guys to come. That's what I'm talking about. Well, we well we did we, well we did hear about wait on well, not wait on Blake Griffin and Marcus Aldridge. No, but the fact that but I do believe that 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 the best players do do say yeah we cool you know about this certain player. Like, I do believe that per se. My thing is is that Kevin Durant like Kevin Durant is is in a position where he. To me, could have shown before this season that yes, I even though I came off from Achilles, I'm coming off from Achilles. I'm going to show you that I can lead this team to the finals, to a championship. He already had a deep team to begin with before James Harden. You L'Oreal said they were going to win the championship even before James Harden. You said that, yeah. okay? Yeah. P- oh, say so. People were even saying they were going to come out the East before James Harden came. So, so because of that. And now this happened. Now it's like I can really imagine. I can really imagine a situation where KD is probably in a situation where he he might not win Finals MVP. He's he's not going to win regular season MVP. Not this season. But but Kyrie, James Harden. Well, we got to see how James Harden in the playoffs. To be honest with you, but let's but let's say one of them wins Finals MVP. Everybody gonna be look like dang KD Ryan Cotel, even though he's the best player on that team. People are going to look like, is he really Ryan Cotel? And that's the thing that we're going to look at. We're going to nitpick on how you won those championships and who you beat to get there. That's the thing about it. Say, say, say. Why are we nitpicking now? It's the regular season. We, that's what wait, wait, I said. Just we, wait till the playoffs. Wait, uh, but, Loyal, we nitpick every single time when people, when, when it comes to championships. We nitpick every single time. Listen, people nitpick uh, as far as people nitpick about Kawhi's championship. They say, yeah, he's a great player, but he won as a role player. And then, yeah, he won that in Toronto. But what they keep on saying, the Golden State Warriors got hurt. Like I said, people are nitpicking about that. So when it comes to KD, they're going to do the exact same thing. I wish that KD would have showcased that he can do this before James Harden came. I feel like that would have been better. That would have been. I mean, he kind of did. He was averaging nearly thirty points for like. I'm talking about lead. I'm, t- I'm talking about leading. Got worse. I'm talking about leading. Yes, he got he got hurt. And but best believe what would have happened. We don't understand. We listen. I get the fact that we don't know what happened. He was leading the team during that time. He was. Well, he was leading the team. He was. He had the most points. The most rebounds. Within that stretch, and that's when people was really, really sure. Because think about it, Jabari. Nobody was really sure before, like one hundred percent, because Kyrie and KD has health issues. But then when we started to see this little spark happening, then I think that's when really drove people's stuff up. Because what? yeah, I did think if you had a um, Kyrie 
and the KD, you could get to the East. But I'm like, well, with those injuries, I got to just see what happens. You Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying, well, well, Kyrie, well, I don't think it's injuries when it comes to Kyrie. But KD, well, last season, of course, Kyrie had those injuries. But with KD, yeah, I mean, that's, but that's the thing about it. We were just looking, we were really just looking at that. And I'm just saying that with all this going on, like we obviously got to see how the playoffs goes because still with the, with the Brooklyn Nets, we still have to see how this whole thing is going to work out because KD, Kyrie, and James Harden only play seven games together. So we still got to see how that works out and see how that yes. defense is going to be because they got zero defense right there when it's all said and done. So we're going to see what happens. But Kevin Durant, man, like I just feel like it would have been a lot better if they didn't make if they didn't make the James Harden move. If they didn't make the James Harden move, I probably would have felt different about it, but. Because of what LeBron James did to create a super team, KD is getting the most heat. And I feel like that because of that, Kevin, it's like everything is not going to be the same. And you could tell that KD, for some reason, feel good because he's always going back at somebody every single time on Twitter, on Instagram. He, he even went... Uh, he even took shots at Shannon Sharp saying, you've been quiet for five years. What, kind, what type of question is that? Hashtag not my unk. You know, I get I get the fact that how it is. Or even put it this way. When someone said Steph Curry would be more appreciated in Golden State than Kevin Durant, KD felt like that was that was a shot taken. Now, for me, I can see that being the case. I don't feel like that's a shot at KD because because that's because that's Golden State's own. Same thing when when I would say. Dwayne Wade is more love in Miami than LeBron James. That's not a Absolutely. shot at LeBron. That's that's Miami's own. You know what I'm saying? They going they love Dwayne Wade. They call it Wade County. They love Wade more than they love LeBron. It's all love at the end of the day, but they love him. <sighs> I just I really wanted to see what KD can do without a super team. We got to see what happens. The playoffs is coming in May, so it's going to be interesting to see what does happen. So let's move on right now. The NBA trade deadline passed last Thursday at 3 p.m. And it was very interesting. There were some good good moves and bad moves and whatnot. So let's get started with our winners and losers. L'Oreal, who are yours? My winner is Chicago Bulls. Ooh. Um, when I saw that uh, Vucevic was going to be with Chicago and considering, you know, the path that Zach Levine's going on as far as really mm. transforming himself – as a fundamental player, you know, more than just a guy that can dunk. I just thought to myself, like, Chicago's going to be up there. It's going to take some time because Chicago is relatively young in terms of their roster and, you know, the coaching staff and just overall as their team as of right now. But I think getting a guy like Vucevic, I mean, this man is shooting nearly 40% from three and 40% overall from the field. To shoot that well beyond the arc – and just from the field in general, as a big guy that he is, that is going to mean a lot for this team like the Bulls because one of the issues with the Bulls was their defense is not really there, but they do have a really good defense. But the offense was always a question because either Zach Levine would score a lot, nobody else wouldn't. So now that you have a guy like Vucevic who could kind of take the load off of Levine, that's going to be great. And considering the fact that he's also very good defensively, Zach Levine's good defensively, Kobe White is good defensively. So you have all these young guys who can shoot and defend. 
I don't know if it's going to really make a huge impact this season. I mean, that would be great to see if Chicago could manage to get in the play-in. I feel like having a guy like Vucevic is definitely possible, but I'm very happy for them because one of the biggest things was, um, and people tell me all the time about Wendell Carter Jr. And just the fact that, you know, he's there, but like he's not all the way there. So the fact that you got rid of him, the fact that you have Vucevic now, you still keep um, Laurie Markkinen, so you still have that size. I think this was the perfect, the perfect move for Chicago, and I'm glad that they made the trade deadline. Now, as far as my loser, um, it's going to be Boston because you had one job. You had one job to get a guy, specifically a big, who know how to shoot, that can make some kind of um, contributions to your bench and just your team overall. And the fact that you pick Evan Fournier over Aaron Gordon, I don't understand it. I don't. Because Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets, it completely makes sense. But also for the Devin Nuggets, they got a lot of size now because I believe they got JaVale McGee back from Cleveland. So the fact that they have McGee and Aaron Gordon and Boston, you get a guy like Evan Fournier where he's not a bad player, but like, what is he going to do as far as the impact? I don't think a lot. And I think with Boston, the fact that you just needed one guy to simply give you an impact and you couldn't even get somebody as simple as Aaron Gordon, where literally the cards were laid out on the table for you to get a guy like Aaron Gordon. I just don't understand like what they're doing. And it's not the first time that they have missed out on the trade deadline as far as getting a good guy. So they need to take notes from Miami or something because it don't make any sense. Uh, my winners for the NBA trade deadline are the L.A. Clippers and the Chicago Bulls. L.A. Clippers got what they wanted. And as a point guard, a floor general, someone who can make sure that everything is calm, set plays, and get better defensively. I like Pat Bev. I love Lou Williams. But Lou Williams was a defensive liability, and he needed to go, so it was time for him to go. Love you, Lou, but we got other pieces that we feel like is better. And Ron John Rondo, I feel like that he is that missing piece. So for me, I think that because of this move, well, I, I already believe this before, but because of this move for sure, the Clippers will go to the NBA Finals. They will come out the West, and there is no doubt in my mind, not one bit. Even though the Lakers got Andre Drummond, doesn't matter. The Clippers are going to come out the West, plain and simple. Well, you know, that's that's if the Lakers can actually get to the Western Conference Finals this season, just to be honest. But, yeah, but, you know, it is what it is, though. Yeah, so I got the Clippers. And the Chicago Bulls, you already said it. Buicic, that man is a baller. He is one of the best centers in the league. And him playing alongside with Zach Levine, I feel like this is a very good move. And I feel like that the Chicago Bulls are going to get better next season. Right now, I got them going to – they'll be in the plan for sure. And if they don't, then they'll probably be in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. We'll definitely see what happens when it's all said and done. But I feel like they got better, and this is good for their future, especially helping out Zach Levine. Now, for my losers, I'm going to go with the Pelicans. You didn't decide to move Lonzo Ball. And it's kind of crazy. I felt like that Lonzo Ball should have been moved. At this point, listen, the Pelicans are so inconsistent. They will beat a good team, then they will lose to a good team. They will beat a bad team, and then they'll lose to a bad team. They will be up so many points uh, towards a good team and then lose it like they did against the Portland Trailblazers. I really don't understand. At some point, they got to they gotta realize that 
their franchise players are Brandon Ingram, Ingram and Zion Williamson. Lonzo Ball ha- is not needed for the Pelicans. And I think that for the Pelicans, now I'm good, good thing that they let go of J.J. Redick, but it is time for Lonzo Ball to move on and go to go on to a better team that can ha- that can benefit him and other teams. Another one I want to mention, the Houston Rockets. If I would have thought that this is how they were going to do to go after, to trade James Harden, I mean, at this point, you were better off sitting this man down. Like, just saying, hey, you know, we're going to sit you out this season and we'll trade you, uh, in, like, during the offseason. That's what they should have done because, wait, hold on. You had Karis LeVert and Jerry Allen. You said, let's just move on from the guys that get Victor Oladipo. Yes. And then Victor Oladipo, you, wasn't gonna, you, you barely used him. He was there for how many games? And then you trade him to get Kelly Olenek and got, uh, Avery Bradley, I believe, and some other draft pick. Those draft picks better be special. I'm going to say that right now. If those draft picks don't go the way how it is, then it's a failure for Houston. Raphael Stone, bro. You better do better. I really feel sorry for, for Silas, man. That coach, yes. Stephen Stephen Stefan. St- oh, no, nah, Stefan. But I really Steven feel sorry Silas. for the. Yeah, Stephen Silas. I really feel sorry for Stephen Silas. I mean, the fact that he's going through so much troubling. I mean, they're losing more than they're winning. It's a damn shame what he's going through. Never thought he was going to go this go through this situation, but he is, and I feel sorry for him. But the Houston Rockets, they better be – those draft picks better be something because if they don't hang something, it's a failure, plain and simple. So in other news, Russell Westbrook, he's surprisingly averaging a triple-double. Well, to some people, it's not a surprise. But a triple-double, he's averaging 21 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. His team is 17-29, of course. You know, that's a bad record right there. And Bradley Bill is not playing right now due to a hip injury right now or a hip contusion. So a lot of people are now talking about him like, oh, my gosh, you know, Russ, he's averaging a triple-double. He's the same Russell Westbrook. But um, honestly, um, the reason why I brought this up, because I feel like this was interesting, because I remember you wanted to bring this up, L'Oreal, a few days ago. I really feel like that, that him averaging a triple-double means absolutely nothing. And the reason why I said it is because, he, listen, his team is losing. He's probably not going to reach the playoffs or even the play in. And before this season, I thought to myself when, first of all, I thought the Warriors were going to go to the playoffs with John Wall and Bradley Bill. Now, when they got, when they added Russell Westbrook instead of John Wall, I thought, oh, they definitely going to make it to the playoffs. But looking at how this team is, first of all, they're terrible defensively, but you still thought with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill, who are one of the best backcourts, yeah, one of the best backcourts in the league. You would have thought for a second that, yeah, they would have they would have at least been a play-in, at least a play-in. Him averaging a triple-double in the regular season, we pretty much numb to it. And and also, is this winning basketball? Is he going to win a championship? And looking at his downfalls, because we definitely have seen a lot of the disappointments that has been made in the playoffs for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is not a winner. And I think that that's something that probably Russell Westbrook came to realize that, that he's just not a winner. I'm not talking about what he does off the, off the court of creating generational wealth or anything, but look, Russell Westbrook, he's one of the greatest point point guards of all time. 
even though there has been major heat, major hate for him as a whole. But to me, the idea that we're we're celebrating a guy who's averaging a triple double and his team is losing is just ridiculous. Westbrook should be thinking about how am I going to win a championship? Not just I want to be the number one or number two option. Well, really the number one option and average a triple double. I feel like that Russell Westbrook should think about winning a championship more than anything else. And it's just sad that he's at this point where he's okay, where he's at this point where maybe he might be one of the greatest players to never win a championship. And I feel like that it should be more about him winning a championship or he should be in a situation where he should focus on chasing a championship, reaching for an NBA championship instead of, hey, look at my stats. Most definitely. And with Russell Westbrook, I am still amazed that he's been able to average a triple-double for the, like, fourth time in, like, five seasons. That's incredible. And I will agree with you. You know, you got to do more because this is the thing that I think people kind of don't understand is unless Russell Westbrook really was, like, a scrub player or, like, an average player, then, yeah, we wouldn't be – so numb to what he's doing or, you know, so harsh on him like a Stephen A. Smith was the past couple of days ago. Um, And with that being said, like, I agree with him. Like, Russell Westbrook is such an amazing talent. Like, we speak about him um, when we speak about the Allen Iversons of the world and this and that. We know Allen Iverson, he was able, um, correct me if I'm wrong, to actually reach a finals and has had postseason success but just never could reach a championship. But people still love him just because of what he brought to the culture and things like that. Russell Westbrook is bringing things to the culture, the whole why not mantra and things like that. But, bruh, um, your postseason, just any postseason accolades, it's not really adding up. And with that kind of talent, that's all we're really asking from that. But I would say, and I just want to bring this up because it is relevant, I would say in terms of the context of what specifically Stephen A. said, he wasn't wrong about what he said, but definitely, you know, he he did kind of diminish the moment for Westbrook because as far as I'm concerned, I never heard Russell Westbrook getting 20 rebounds or 20 assists in the game. And we, and, you know, and I think you can agree with me, Jabari, he always had this narrative of him being a ball hog, being selfish. Uh-huh. He was the main reason why him and Katie yeah. co- couldn't coexist and things How like Kevin that. Durant didn't so, want to play with him anymore? Yes. Or quite frankly, you know, how even a James Harden didn't want to play with him. Yeah. James, you know, they spent James Harden's teammate twice. Right. And Stephen A brought up a good point. You know that you had, you've been teammates with Kevin Durant. You've been yeah. teammates with James Harden twice. That's true. And teammates with Paul George. Um, Bradley Beal is your teammate. And it is kind of, you know, you have to scratch your head because how the hell do you have these two explosive players backcourt-wise and you're in the bottom of the barrel of the East? I mean, it's not – that's the thing. Like Bradley Beal – and Bradley Beal has proven himself, you know, over time, not just specifically with these past two seasons of scoring nearly 30 every game – People already knew Bradley Beal was going to be up there as far as greatness. So when you have these two really great players, 
and you're in the bottom of the barrel of the conference, it doesn't make sense because those two players alone should have the strength to galvanize the troops of the young guys, like um, the guy they recently drafted or um, Hachimura and things like that, to at least try to be within, you know, the six to eight in the play-in position. You're not even that. You're far from that. Right. So considering all of those things, that is the reason why people just can't gravitate to Russell Westbrook. But regardless, Russell Westbrook will always be a Hall of Famer. Yes, Russell he will. Westbrook will always be a guy that changed the culture and things like that. And there's one more thing that I want to put out here. Rings do matter. We can't sit up there and say they don't. We'll say that with recent years, the ring culture has been toxic. And what I mean by toxic is that, you know, we can still appreciate Russell Westbrook, even if he hasn't won any you know what I'm saying? It's like the, the, the ring culture has been to the point where it's like, um, you know, we're literally shunning these pair, these um, these not characters, these players, um, not only for, you know, what they're doing, lack of talent wise, but even character wise. And I just don't get it. And I think people got to understand the reality. Not every single player can win a championship. Even the greatest players in the world don't win the championship. Allen Iverson to this day will always be, um, he will always be um, the predecessor for being that point guard that everybody look up to because, you know, he had this swag. He had this, I don't give a F attitude, but he still showed it on the court and his accolades still proved that. So even when, even though he don't have a championship, we knew he was close to getting a championship. I mean, the way that he, made that shot against a Tyron Lou and stepped over him. That alone was a cultural moment where we knew that, that he was had iconic. a chance to get to that point and that he worked hard to. But, I mean, Russell Westbrook, the time is ticking. You know, I don't see how you're going to win the championship in Washington. And who knows if he gets moved to another team and the same thing happens. So oh, I think- yeah. He probably will. He probably will get moved. Either by the off season or by next next season next season in the middle of the off season, you know, exactly. and that's and that's the thing and that's the thing about that. And like I said, my thing is I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook is not great. He's an all time great. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Look, you see that book right there, the background, NBA seventy five. This is the seventy fifth anniversary of the NBA. Russell Westbrook will be one of the 75 greatest players of all time. He is one of the 10 greatest point guards of all time. But the way how we talk about players who has the pressure on them to win a title, he's on that list. Him, Chris Paul, James Harden, Paul George, even others are on that list. And even though at the end of the day, let's say he doesn't win a championship, we're going to appreciate him. We're going to love him. He, he will have the glory. But at the same time, you don't win a championship. You There's certain tables. There's certain conversations about all-time greats that you're not going to be a part of. And that's the thing about it. People bring up about Oscar Robertson, about the fact that, about, well, you know, he won a championship at the end. Yes, he and he did have as a triple-double. He did have as a triple-double. He was the first player to do that in the 1960s, 1963, I believe. Yeah, 1963, I believe. But at the same time, him winning that championship made everything better for his career alone. And yes. pe- people don't understand. 
when you win a championship, everything changes and how people rate you is different. When you don't win a championship, everything changed. That's probably the the most important thing besides the championship. Because you just can't get there, you just can't get there. But your team is in the bottom of the barrel of the East, and you have arguably two of the top 10, 15 players in the league. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And I think that that should matter. If anything, that if, if anything that should matter. I don't care that you average a triple-double, okay? Especially when you're losing. That, that's, that, to me, becomes irrelevant. And I think that that should be something that we should think about. Russell Westbrook, you're great, but you need to, you should be on a winning team. You should get your team alone to the playoffs, at least the play-in. So last but not least, let's go with the Final Four. March Madness, We, like I said, we're on the last day of March, and the Final Four is here. So we already got our final official of the Final Four. For the women, we got South Carolina, Stanford, Arizona and UConn for the men's we have Gonzaga UCLA Baylor and Houston so we already had our predictions of who we thought was going to be in the final four for men's and women but uh L'Oreal um <laughs> what's your take about these final fours for the men and the women um I mean oh for the men like big 10 what is you doing yeah now Michigan I'm not going to go hard on Michigan because I give all the props for Jawan Howard for truly working his ass off, really trying to move that program. I think he has moved it in a way that other coaches have not moved that program. They were in the elite eight. Michigan will definitely be back. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not putting Michigan on the hot seat. I'm not, you know, unfortunately UCLA prospered. Um, you know, big props to UCLA for doing that. So I'm not putting the hot seat on that. Uh, but everybody else, though, especially Illinois, what happened? <laughs> Just what happened? I don't get that. But, I mean, besides that, this is going to be an interesting March Madness. Um, at this point, what is a bracket? I think we should stop talking about brackets. What is a bracket? Because yeah. a bracket at this point was not Broken. Broken. Yeah, Broken completely broken and think about it It was broken i think even before we went even before we transitioned to the sweet 16 it was already broken so at that point you know what is it oh boy <laughs> yeah, i'm very very intrigued to see how this um, final four would be very interesting to see about the women's um couple facts um south carolina and arizona those two coaches, Don Stanley and um, Adia, I believe, I don't know her last name, they're going to be, um, for the first time in history, we're going to have two Black women that's going to be a part of the Final Four. So major props to both of those women and to all the women as well for um, all the women's teams. Very excited about that. UConn's been on the roll. I thought Baylor was going to get to them, but that was a really good game. Uh, we're not going to talk about how that clearly was a foul because that was another story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, where's the foul at? <laughs> where's the foul? But the women, they, they've been giving the, they've been giving it their all this year. Yeah. So many standouts, um, Paige Buckers and other standouts as well. I'm very excited about both of the tournaments, the men and the women. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, well, listen, for the men's, my bracket is dead. Okay. I had Michigan going all the way and look, it's, it's all said and done. I, I said that Illinois was going to go to championship. They were out. What else? Texas tech, Iowa, they out like it's over. It's over. And probably in this situation, Gonzaga probably is going to win it all anyway. If you really want to think about it, cause they've been boy. Tear. Yes. They've been a tear for sure. So they probably going to win the whole thing to be honest for the women. I got three out of four of my picks, right? I had Arizona, UConn, and Stafford going to the Final Four. So I was right about that. And But I didn't have South Carolina. I had Maryland. But, hey, South Carolina, it is what it is. They they came. So at least I'm alive for the women. I got UConn winning it all. So I'm alive there. But we will definitely see what happens. And, boy, Final Four has – well, I'll just say this. The Final Four will be interesting this weekend. So that's it, folks. That's it for the Bounce Podcast, episode 15. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Simplecast, YouTube. Some clips on YouTube will be popping, Pandora, and iHeartRadio. I want you to download, subscribe, comment. Give us five stars, people. Five stars as always, people. As always, you know the deal is. And also, baseball season is back, folks. Yes, I am so happy for major league baseball for coming back they started on time april 1st you already know what the deal is i hope the tigers can go to the playoffs by the way i'm just gonna be right. I, I hope they i hope they i hope they do really but overall we'll see what happens before we go l'oreal you got anything anything else to say i'm just excited for march madness this weekend final four baby let's get it well march madness is technically gonna be over this weekend because it's gonna yeah. be april yeah but that's all folks thank you for listening to the episode like i said before my name is jabari anderson with my co-host l'oreal peace